0: Hello, and welcome to Leadership in the Liberal Arts. I am your host, Claire Wolf, and today we will be talking about His Holiness the Dalai Lama. The 14th Dalai Lama, Tenzin Gyatso, was born Lahama Dandrop on July 6, 1935, in Taketsar Amado, northeastern Tibet. When the Dalai Lama was just two years old, he was recognized as the reincarnation of the thirteenth Dalai Lama. This was done by presenting the Dalai Lama with a series of objects object and having him choose the one that belonged to the previous Dalai Lama. From there, the Dalai Lama is brought to Dharmasala to study the scriptures of Buddhism and be raised to become the spiritual leader of Buddhism. Dalai Lamas are thought to be the manifestation of Chenzurig, the bodhisattva of compassion in the patron state of Tibet. A bodhisattva is a being who has vowed to be reborn in the world in order to help humanity and is inspired by a wish to attain Buddhahood to benefit all living sentient beings. At the age of six, the Dalai Lama began his education as a monk. While this education was not what one would typically think of when they think about a liberal arts education, it does have several similarities due to the Dalai Lama receiving a well-rounded education. He mainly focused on learning five major subjects, logic, fine arts, Sanskrit grammar, medicine, and Buddhist philosophy. But the Dalai Lama was also educated in poetry, drama, astrology, composition, and synonyms. At the age of 23, he passed his final exams and received the equivalent of the highest possible doctorate in Buddhist philosophy. His education was meant to prepare him to lead both a religion and a country, which closely resembles how the liberal arts prepares students to become leaders as well. A position of power without fully understanding how to handle that power. I, as a 19-year-old, could never (laughs) negotiate with Mao Zedong, one of the most feared dictators His failure to get China to leave Tibet, I suspect, probably very much haunts the Dalai Lama. It is a mistake that he made at the age of 15, and now, as an 85-year-old man, he is still feeling the consequences of losing Tibet, and he has not returned to Tibet since his exile in 1959. The Dalai Lama's failure to prevent Chinese occupation of Tibet has been reflected in the rest of his life's work. The Dalai Lama has received so many awards over his lifetime, more than can easily be counted. So today we'll just focus on a couple of his achievements. In December of 1989, the Dalai Lama received the Nobel Peace Prize for his work in trying to peacefully liberate Tibet. He helped draft a democratic constitution for Tibet, creating a Tibetan administration in exile meant to make Tibet into an independent, democratic country once it is free from China's rule. He also worked with the U.S. Congress to create a peaceful plan to solve the situation in Tibet in 1988. Though Tibet still remains occupied today, it is a major achievement for the Dalai Lama to remain peaceful in the face of extreme danger. Another notable achievement of the Dalai Lama would be his work as an advocate of peace. He has traveled well over 60 countries in his lifetime, Spreading a message of nonviolence, peace, love, and acceptance. He's worked with politicians, scientists, and religious leaders to promote harmony and mutual understanding between the many different groups that exist in our world. Something major that the Dalai Lama has done that was mentioned in passing earlier was converting Tibet into a democratic nation. Besides helping draft the democratic constitution for Tibet, he has officially retired from head of state in 2011 to only care for Tibet's spiritual affairs. Instead, a democratically elected leader would assume the role of head of state. He has even gone as far as to say that it's the people's cho- people of Tibet's choice whether or not to have another Dalai Lama. While this may just seem like an old man retiring, I hold a lot of respect for the Dalai Lama giving up his power to the people, recognizing that just because he's born into a role does not mean he has to fulfill it. Giving up power in and of itself is an achievement. Some strengths of the Dalai Lama is that he was raised to be the Dalai Lama. He has been taught all he needs to know about Buddhism, but that also points towards one of his weaknesses. He was raised to be a spiritual leader rather than a political one. He did not necessarily have the qualifications you want in a leader of a country. His compassion, empathy, and respect for human life has made him a wonderful spiritual teacher, but in the circumstances of negotiating with Mao Zedong, who is ruthless and cruel, There is a need for a more dominating personality from the Dalai Lama. That's not to say that none of his strengths applied to both roles the Dalai Lama had to fulfill. He possesses patience and intelligence and genuinely cares for the people. Something I saw in the Dalai Lama that was a trait my tutorial group discussed a lot was the importance of a leader learning from their mistakes. The Dalai Lama really encapsulates this trait. He was put in a position of power at too young of an age, and not only did he acknowledge and learn from his error, he's acknowledged that the system that put him in power is flawed, and the people whose lives he affects deserve deserves to choose a qualified leader to care for them rather than being assigned one who may or may not measure up. The Dalai Lama is an incredibly interesting person who I think everyone could learn something from. He's overcome many obstacles and knows his own limits. I hold a great deal of respect for him. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership in the Liberal Arts with Claire Wolf. Have a great weekend.